Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Our guest today is John Bliffin, Student Services Director at Mid-South Christian College in Memphis, Tennessee, and also he does some work in planning churches, uh, Spanish churches in Arkansas, which we hope he'll tell us about. Uh, John, you're a friendly guy. Just had lunch with you and enjoyed that. Always enjoy it when we run into each other, uh, either here or on college campus or at various ministry functions. But I got to admit, until lunch today, I knew very little about you and what you're doing, uh, except that you come from a preaching and missionary family. I interviewed your brother Jerry recently. I hope to connect with your brother Jim one of these days, and I attempted to conduct a remote interview with your incredible father, Jack, but sadly technical difficulties prevailed. Uh, but soon, Lord willing, I'm going to get back to him, and or I'm just going to go to Florida and <laughs> get in person because he's preaching now still, and he's yes, 90, 91, 91, 92 years old. Wow. So, Brother Jim, Brother John, excuse yeah. me, Brother John, <laughs> tell us your story. <laughs> yeah, I'm John. Uh, but, uh, well, my dad became the president of Mid-South Christian College in 1975, and I was in high school at that time. And when we moved down to, the college was in Mississippi at that time, and uh, so I finished up my high school years at Senatobia High School and went to college. And most of, all of my family actually had gone to Kentucky Christian College. Uh, you probably got that from my brother. Yes. My dad went there. All of his brothers and sisters went there. And I was supposed to go there as well. I even had a cousin, Tom Thomas, that was there in college. And we've interviewed Tom on this program. So yeah. we were all, we were supposed to room together with Tom up there at KCC. <laughs> but, uh, of course, my dad was president at Mid-South, so I had the option to come here. But then I met uh, Becky Regis, and uh, she recruited me to stay here. <laughs> that happens so often, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, at Mid-South Christian College, and that was a great reason to stay. Uh, so glad that my dad chose to move here. <laughs> and our life is really tied uh, together, uh, tied to Mid-South Christian College. We uh, both graduated from the college and began our ministry uh, shortly after that, so so glad my dad moved here, and uh, glad to be still associated with uh, this great college, Mid-South Christian College. But, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Becky and I dated their college and got married actually in the chapel of, uh, of the college. In Senatobia. In Senatobia, Mississippi, yeah. That campus no longer exists, sadly, but uh, uh, the college has gone on and moved back to Memphis. But uh, that's where we got married and started our ministry. I actually started preaching at a church that was in Sanatobia, Sanatobia Christian Church. I remember that church. Uh, and yeah. I preached there for a uh, couple of years. And then I went on to uh, Cincinnati and got my master's degree. And uh, during that time, Doug Lucas um, came back from the mission field from Uruguay and needed a place to, uh, to stay for a while. He actually stayed in our home. Uh, we were renting a floor from the Lewis Foster house in, in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Doug lived with us. My good friend and co-worker Larry Griffin was in Uruguay also. So we had these great connections with uh, the, the team and the people there in Uruguay. And eventually we decided to go down on internship uh, to Uruguay. It was the first internship that Team Expansion did. And uh, we were there in Uruguay for about, um, I think it was about six weeks. And we just decided to, um, to actually go full-time after we'd gone for that, for that six-week internship. We decided to go full-time into, into the mission work. And so we joined Larry there in, um, in Uruguay and worked with the team and we were there, let's see, actually before we went to Uruguay, we went to uh, uh, language school in Costa Rica to learn Spanish. Our first daughter was born there, uh, Carol Marie. Uh, she was born in Costa Rica. And then we went to Uruguay to work with the team there and work with the church plant. And um, that uh, church and group of churches got started and we're going well we had our our son there in Uruguay 
And our third child, uh, Elizabeth, we had, we were back home on furlough. An international family. In Ohio. So, yeah, we actually have children from each of the three Americas. So we have uh, from North America, Central America, and South America. So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are our three kids. And uh, it, was a, it was a privilege to, to live and serve in, in South America, uh, to work with uh, Team Expansion and help the churches get started there. Um, we worked specifically with youth and with music and uh, just in the general training uh, of leaders. And after, I think the team had been there about uh, 12 years or 15 years maybe total, we decided to turn that work over to uh, local Uruguayan ministers who we trained. And uh, so uh, after that work in Uruguay, as a team, we all moved to Miami, Florida. And there we started working with the Hispanic Church uh, in Miami. And from Miami, we made trips into Cuba and into Ecuador to do uh, church planting. What, year, what years would that have been you were in Miami? So um, we left Uruguay in 1995. Uh, so we were in, in Miami from 96 and we were there for 13 years. Wow. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's really the place where we were the longest in ministry, uh, 13 years there. Uh, so 2009, we moved, uh, actually moved back to, to Memphis, but I'll get to that after a while. But, but yeah, we were, we were living there in, in Miami and working in that church plant for those 13 years. Wow. Uh, and, and during that time, we uh, helped get a work started down in, in Cuba. And, and the work in Cuba is very interesting uh, as well. Uh, we were connected with uh, Whitefields Evangelism that was also working there. So Team Expansion, Whitefields, and Poland, the ministry that uh, Victor Knowles uh, works with. Right. Yeah. Uh, so th there was a cooperation between uh, our missions. We went down there with Reggie Thomas. And uh, uh, the three of us, the three missions, went, went to Cuba and actually saw a movement of churches get started there, a movement of house churches that spread throughout really the whole nation from one end of the island to the other. Wow. And right now there's over, I'd say, 45 churches that I know of, probably more, uh, as they continue to multiply and, and, and grow throughout the provinces of Cuba. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was an exciting um, work to do. We weren't able, actually we were not able to go full-time to Cuba, uh, we were living there in Miami and working with a, a Hispanic church there in Miami, but we we're also making these trips. Um, and for us, for a series of years there, I went uh, three times a year to Cuba. Wow! We could only stay as long as three weeks. That's 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 as long as the visa would allow you to stay. And we would go and we would teach. Um, we would take materials down, and, and so that, that that work was pretty pretty inter very interesting. And, and got to take a lot of people down. Some college students from from Florida Christian College at the time uh, got to go with us as well. And uh, I've taken some other college professors. My dad actually went with me a couple of times, and he taught uh, the preachers down there. And he would be teaching in, in English, and I'd translate into Spanish for him and. Uh, we'd be doing that for about a week. By the end of the week, I would forget what language I was <laughs> speaking, and I'd turn to my dad and say a whole a paragraph of things in Spanish, and he'd look at me and very, he'd be very kind and wait till I'd finished, and then he'd say, "John, you just said a whole paragraph to me in Spanish. I have no idea what you said." <laughs> uh, sorry, Dad. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, that was a great, uh, great experience. And those churches continue to do well. We actually have a. Uh, Cuba Bible Institute uh, that continues there uh, in, in Cuba and teachers from here at Mid-South that go down and teach. Unfortunately, because of COVID, because of travel restrictions, we haven't been able to go at all, uh, you know, in the last year and a half. I was scheduled yeah. to go actually in March of uh, uh, 2020, and that's right when the uh, travel restrictions were starting. I had my tickets bought. I think it was March the 17th I was supposed to go to Cuba. We've had the same problem with Canada. Yeah. With Rock Solid. Right. Yeah. It's, it's sad we've had to cancel a lot. And, we, and I don't know about next year even. Uh, 
Brother Greg has a lot of revivals next year in Canada, yeah. and we're not sure at this point whether he's going to get to go. Right, they're just restricting a lot of, a lot of travel yeah. these days. Uh, you know, the last two years that uh, we had hoped to make a trip back to Spain as well, but uh, weren't, weren't able to, and so and back to Cuba. But, uh, yeah, so that was our time in, in Miami was, was good. Uh, really, our kids, although they were born uh, overseas while we were on the, on the mission field, they were really raised in, in Miami, and, and uh, they're still like Miami Dolphins fans to this day <laughs> and, uh, and the Miami sports teams and all that. And, and so Miami, it became kind of a home for us. We, we, we would never consider it our home now because uh, we don't ever want to go back there to live, you know, necessarily. Yeah. But, but uh, there were great years of ministry uh, as we were there as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, our, our ministry started in, in Uruguay. Uh, was was uh, the team uh, built up a group of churches there, turned that over to... to uh, Local leaders moved as a team to Miami. Larry moved with us. Uh, there were four of us, four families that we all moved to Miami together. And then Larry was called to come to Mid-South um, in the year 2000. And uh, from the year 2000 until 2009, uh, we were basically on our own uh, there in, in, uh, in Miami and eventually then uh, Larry invited us to come back to Mid-South Christian College in 2009, and, and we did that. So kind of back, uh, back home full circle. Uh, so is there any place that you particularly, uh, if, if things were, if everything lined up just right, I know you love where you're at now and what you're doing now, and I want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing in Arkansas, but any place that you would just say, oh, I'd go back there in a heartbeat and, and do the work. Well, you know, um, every place that we've been, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. every place that we've been, if, if, so if things were right and the need was there, I mean, we would go back in a heartbeat. Uh, but, you know, the way our life is now, and uh, we're in our 60s, and, and uh, you know, circumstances are just different. Life is different grandkids are around and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that that makes a whole lot of a whole lot of difference you know I, I mean I love the views of Costa Rica I love the food of Uruguay I loved uh, the people in Spain uh, I haven't even got to that yet but uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Spain here in a little bit All right. but, uh, and you know uh, every Miami I love the culture of, of Miami and uh, you know the international city that it is we never got to live in Cuba. We we would probably not choose to do that, but I love the Cuban people, and, and circumstances were different. You know, with the communist uh, regime, it's not possible to have a, uh, a full-time ministry there, but if, if circumstances were different, you know, we would have liked to have lived there, I think, uh, because we could have, I think, been more effective in, in, in the long run uh, uh, sure. The mission there, if we could have lived there. Anytime you live in a location, you're going to be far more effective than just coming in and leaving. Uh, right. And we also did some some work in Ecuador uh, with uh, a young man who came to our church in, in Miami, and uh, we trained him as a missionary and sent him back to uh, Ecuador. And he started a church uh, in the town of Cotacachi, Ecuador. And we'd love to go there, visit, and uh, up in the mountains there, we would have loved to, you know. Uh, be there as well, but so I, I guess uh, I would go back to any of them if I, if their circumstances were right. <laughs> but the Lord has the time for everything, and I believe that. And uh, and, and all your unique experiences really uniquely qualified you for the position you're in right now, or the several positions you're in yeah. right now. So, <laughs> well, let's talk about Spain, and we'll come back to these two things we're talking about right. where you're at now. Yeah. So. Um, um, in 2012, uh, we, we moved here to Memphis, 2009. We're here with the college uh, teaching and, and working with the college. Uh, I love doing that. But I, I still had the, kind of the, uh, the missionary itch, you know, the missionary bug uh, to sure. go back overseas. And there was a tremendous need in Spain, and we had known about it uh, ever since 2009. As a matter of fact, when we first moved to Memphis, 
uh, they offered us the opportunity to go to Spain in 2009. Circumstances were not right at that time for us to go. But um, the, the opportunity came up again, 2012, and uh, we considered it. We went on our trip and um, uh, decided not to go at that time, but it just kept, you know, just kept hitting me. I teach a class on missions here at the college, and every time I teach that class, it's like, oh, man, I, I want to be there, <laughs> you know. So I, this class is called Kairos, and it just teaches uh, the history of, of missions, the biblical basis, and, and then the need right now for, for missions. And every time I teach it, it's like I want to sign up again, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. like, so we're in the midst of teaching that class again. Do you see students getting excited about it in your missions class? Do you? Uh, if they stay awake for the class, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, th this class has been very transformational with some of our students. Uh, you know, some of our students just go through the motions and and uh, that's like folks in the church pew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but definitely we've we've seen we've seen this class be uh, transformational in, in some of our students uh, for sure. Uh, others are just going through the motions. You just have to get the credits, you know, to, to finish their degree. And, and that's fine. That's uh, But every time I teach the class or go through it, you know, I, I'm uh, recruited again. I'm kind of recruiting myself. And, and there's obviously there's several different roles and missions. And that's one of the things that we teach in the class that not everyone is a goer. There are mm -hmm. senders and there are mobilizers. And so I'm really a mobilizer at this point trying to recruit others to, to be involved in missions of church planting or evangelism. Yeah. making disciples wherever they are. So uh, I know that that is one of my roles, but I also, I, I love to go. <laughs> you know, I, I like to be the goer. So we eventually did go to Spain. Uh, we were there for only two years. What, uh, what years? We were there from 2017 to 2019. Okay. We made a few trips, like I mentioned, 2012. We made a few other trips after that. Uh, Kind of wanted to go. Was a big decision at that point because I was, you know, we were in our fifties and and we had a house here in Memphis and it was hard decision for us to uh, to sell the house, um, yeah. to to move overseas and, and to to do that work. Uh, we felt called to it very definitely, and uh, so we did. We uh, we sold the house and we moved over. We thought we were going to be there probably for. Uh, seven years or so, and we were only there for two. But during those two years, we were able to form a team of uh, younger couples who are still there today, and the team continues to grow. There's there's four families there uh, in our work with Team Expansion, doing a great job. Uh, and uh, looking back on it, I can tell that God had us there for the purpose of helping to form that uh, young team. Uh, into a team of disciple makers and they're making disciples and starting Bible studies and, and doing great things. So sometimes we don't go there to, to build the work. We go there to lay a foundation. And, uh, and sometimes I've learned that we go there, uh, and we're not really even laying a foundation for that particular area. We're reaching some people yeah. who God has plans to use somewhere else in the world. Yeah. And, and, we may walk away disappointed and say, well, it didn't happen, but it really did happen, yeah. what God wanted. Yeah, there's some, uh, all along our our ministry, we've, we've been able to uh, train up and place in ministry um, uh, young people who kind of take it up the mantle. I love your sermon today from uh, Elisha and Elijah. Oh, yeah. And, you. Uh, you know, we, we've, uh, I kind of feel like the Elijah in a sense of being the older guy and, and seeing the younger guys come along um, you know, we've been able to do that in, in Miami. With, there was a young minister that was able to continue in the work there. When we left Uruguay, we were able to put some, uh, you know, some Uruguayan uh, uh, ministers and in, 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 uh, uh, to leadership capacities there. And uh, in Spain as well, there's uh, a young man from Venezuela named Gabo. I met him in Venezuela. We connected in Cuba a couple of times because they were going to Cuba on mission trips as well. We recruited him to go to Spain, and uh, he and his wife are there. They've had two daughters, and uh, they're expecting their third child, son, and he's now the team leader uh, of, of the team there in Spain. 
and there's uh, you know three other young couples working together there, the four of them, and a single girl, and, and they're just doing a great job. And I uh, just feel like you know God had us there in those for those two years uh, to help uh, recruit that team, to help that team kind of gel together, and uh, see what God could do. I, I, post, I posted on my Facebook page today a little remembrance from two years ago when I was there with, uh, uh, and I played a little flamenco guitar. I don't know how to play flamenco guitar. <laughs> but there's another guy in the video who does. <laughs> so I'm just strumming some chords. But that guy who was playing the guitar and the guy that was playing the box, the cajon, those two men have become just tremendous local leaders for that movement. And, and they've each baptized two or three people and started two or three Bible studies themselves in right. Granada and they're, you know, training others uh, to, to be disciple makers. And so it's, it's just been great to see how God used our short time with it. And I think two years is such a short time. Yeah. And we felt like, wow, you know, we were just kind of getting started and then we come back. But, uh, you know, two years later, after we've been back here in the States, uh, we're just seeing that we were there for the right time to meet the right people, like you said. You right. Know? Uh, we met uh, Enrique um, in a local church that uh, we just happened to both be meeting there. We, click, we clicked. He came to our, his uh, kids came to our uh, English camp, and then we started training him in, in disciple-making principles. And, you know, it's just really, it just has been a great relationship. And Simon contacted us through Facebook, uh, through some ads that we had on Facebook, and I happened to be the one that talked to him. And I had a, I remember an hour-long conversation with him at one point right. when he was first uh, calling. And he was trying to find out who we were, what we believed. And I said, you know, we just believe the Bible and we want to do what it says. And uh, he said, yeah, well, what's your denomination? I said, well, we're just Christian church. We don't have a denomination. He said, really? I said, I said I, he said, I didn't know that existed. I said, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, For uh, a couple thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and uh, so anyway, it, it just it just goes to show you that God puts you in places where he needs you to be to do. And, you know, we're kind of like pawns in, uh, in the chess game, wherever God wants us to be. And just doing whatever he wants us to be. You talked about playing second fiddle or third fiddle or whatever it is today. And, um, you know, you just, you just need to be... I think uh, open and, and obedient to the Lord uh, when He calls, and uh, so we, we've tried to do that all our lives, and we've gone, you know, a few different places, and uh, we can look back and see all the things that God has done, and more than us doing it, we can see, you know, people that He has brought us into uh, connection with, and, and we have some influence in their lives. And to see what they're doing now is just amazing. One of the young girls that was a, a kid in our um, in Bible classes in Uruguay uh, has become a missionary, and she went to Haiti as a missionary from Uruguay, from our church in Uruguay. And that's that's great. And people in America don't ever think of that, do they? Mm -hmm. That churches that maybe we help plant mm -hmm. in another country, a missionary send missionaries. To other to countries. other countries, exactly. And I think we get so narrow-minded about that that we don't realize that this is, we're planting a church and it's going to be a church. And churches send missionaries. Exactly. And exactly. That's, that's a great story. Yeah, we, I just, we had lost connection with this girl and then I found her on Facebook. Uh, and I said, could that be the same girl that was a little kid in our Bible school, you know, back in Uruguay? And so I sent her a message and, and she said, oh, Pastor Juan, how are you doing? You know, and so we started talking and chatting and, and she just said, we thank you all so much for your, you know, your faithful ministry in Uruguay and, you know, I'm a result of it. And now we're reaching people for Christ in, in Haiti. So it was, it's just, uh, it's just exciting to see how God pulls all those things together. Well, did you ever, well, let me ask you, when did you know? that ministry is what you would be doing. And I, I don't mean, we all know as Christians that we're going to do ministry, or we should, but when did you know that, um, I don't like the term, but I'm going to use it, vocational ministry, yeah. was was for you? I was uh, 14 years old, I think, at a camp at um, 
Unicoi Christian Service Camp in East Tennessee. Um, and Tommy Oaks was our Vesper speaker. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He was powerful. He was a powerful speaker. And it was at one of those camps. I was, you know, probably sophomore in high school. And, uh, you know, I just made a commitment at one of those camps to, to be, um, you know, involved in, in full-time Christian service, whatever that would be. Right. And, of course, you know, my dad taught in Bible colleges. I was around Bible colleges all, all my life. Uh, uh, dad never said you had to go to Bible college. He said, I would like for you to go for at least one year. Yeah. So we, we did that, you know, but um, it was kind of part of my life growing up. But I made that decision, you know, I was 14 years old. And, and, uh, and I think that more than anything else more than who my family is or anything else that's why uh, I continued and prepared for ministry now interestingly when I was in Bible college uh, I didn't think I would be a missionary uh, I was as a matter of fact Larry Griffin um, in our in our college he was always the missions guy he organized at the missions banquets and he would, was talking about missions, recruiting people for missionaries. He was trying to recruit us, at, you know, at that time. And I said, no, I, I'm just going to be here in the United States. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll be glad to maybe support you guys eventually, you know, <laughs> once we start earning a salary or something. You know, but, uh, but you know, the Lord had other plans for us. Uh, and uh, when I got into, into um, seminary at uh, Cincinnati Christian Seminary, studying Romans, just you know Romans uh, chapter 10 and chapter 14 and it just got to me like you know this this was what uh, if if we don't go how are they going to hear right you know if how are they going to call on the name of the Lord if, if someone doesn't go and it, it's through preachers and it's through mission work and uh, so you know we were definitely uh, through that experience and through letters from Larry Griffin and the whole experience of uh, Doug coming to our house we just we just became convinced okay we needed to do this work and and uh, so God has led us throughout all the all those years and uh, so now we're we're back here at uh, Mid-South Christian College and and my title as you said very correctly is I'm director of student services right Um, and so I I like that the fact that I that I'm uh, part of my job is to see that the kids have a spiritual uh, growth. Uh, part of my job is to organize chapels, uh, organize dorm devotions, and I feel like I'm kind of a a, a minister to the college kids. As, sounds as they're like they're here, yeah. and I really feel that that's part of what what I do. We have a we have bilingual students. We have uh, several students uh, from from overseas and other Hispanic students here. And since I, you know, speak Spanish, uh, as you met, as you noticed today, our, our chapel is bilingual. We always, yes. uh, yeah. we always have uh, bilingual singing, and, and we do a lot of the things at the beginning, like the prayers uh, and that kind of thing bilingual. We, we provide translation. And we always have opportunities for our uh, Hispanic uh, students here. And so that, that's one of the reasons that I, I really like being here at Miss South Christian College is because I think we have this niche that we are able to uh, teach all the classes on our catalog, both in English and in Spanish. And that is unique. And I say that wherever I go. And full disclosure, I'll say again because I've, worked with, I've talked with others on this podcast, we are under the umbrella 501 umbrella of Mid-South Christian College at Rock Solid Ministries. And I say this everywhere. We always give a little plug for the college on Sunday evenings, and that that is unique. This is the only college that I know of among the Christian churches, the Church of Christ in this country, that offer every course, four years, Spanish or English. Yeah. yeah. And or. And or, right. right. You can get uh, uh, any of our degrees in Spanish or English. And some of our Hispanic students take a class or two in, in English because they've learned enough English to do that and they want to get that exposure. Some of our uh, American students take a, cor- take a course in Spanish because they get to the point where they learn enough Spanish and they want to take it in Spanish. That's, 
That's amazing. Young minds. I, yeah. I, I would have enough time sitting in a class now just trying to learn in my own language. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really crazy. What, I, taught, I taught a class in Spanish uh, last year, uh, marriage and family. And one of the guys that wanted to take my class is American. I said, you don't know Spanish. He said, si, yo sé español, yo puedo hablar español. So he started talking to me in Spanish. I said, where did you learn this? <laughs> he said, well, I actually had some influence when I was growing up. And uh, he lived in California or whatever. And, uh, and here at the college, he's just learned a lot. You know, so he's graduated now. But he took that course in Spanish and he did well. I thought, well, this is crazy. <laughs> you were telling me today that uh, a lot of your... Uh, Spanish students. A lot, a lot of colleges, a lot of our Bible colleges are not graduating preachers mm. or missionaries. We just discussed that. It's a situation in a lot. And that's where we see more preaching schools popping mm. up. But you said a lot of your Spanish students are uh, going in, into new church work or, or in, uh, into local ministries. And local ministries, yes. We, uh, several of our Hispanic uh, students who are graduates now are working in, in, in churches as ministers. You know, they're, they're preaching in, in Hispanic churches. We have actually started um, in Memphis. Let's see, we started a church at Eastwind. There was a Hispanic church that was meeting um, at Park Village for a while. There was one at Crestview. So we've started at least three uh, Hispanic churches from graduates of our, of our college here in Memphis. Uh, we have a, a, someone who graduated from our college just last year, uh, Luis is going to be planting a new Hispanic church in Fort Smith, Arkansas next year. Uh, and uh, we have others that have gone to other cities and towns uh, as ministers. Uh, so yeah, we have several of our, of our Hispanic graduates. Most of our, most of the, I think the people that come here as international students, they come here with this mindset. They want to be a minister. They want to be trained in ministry. Some of them have gone back to their home countries uh, and do that. Some of them stay here and work with Hispanic churches here in, in the States. But um, definitely among our Hispanic uh, population, we see people being in, going into ministry directly. And, and because we have listeners in Arkansas, uh, <laughs> let's, let's point this out, that the, the new church plant is going to be, if, if you are from a Christian church in Arkansas and you're familiar with the churches, It'll be on the campus of what was years ago Albert Pike Christian Church. So it's right. on Albert Pike Boulevard, uh, or more recently Cross Crossview Christian, Crossview Church. Christian Church, and that's going to be the new Hispanic Church starting starting in May of next year. May of next year. That's pretty pretty quick. Yeah, we already have the we already have the church planter. He's doing a year long internship with our newly started Hispanic Church in Little Rock, which is called Comunidad Cristiana. Uh, that we started that a year ago. Uh, David Mejia is our minister there. He's a graduate of Colegio Biblico from uh, Texas. And uh, so Luis is doing a year-long internship with, with uh, David there. And then uh, he'll be doing training. And uh, he'll be starting a church there uh, yeah, at what, on the, on the uh, campus of what was Crossview Christian Church. Central Christian Church of Fort Smith has purchased that building, and they are... Uh, they're going to work with uh, Arkansas Church Planning Network to um, to do the Hispanic Church Plan. Central, I believe, is on Waldron Street, just north of Rogers. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't know this. But my that's my ancestral home. That's oh, where okay. all my family is, and uh, uh, and where I'm I'm slated to be buried is across the river at Van Buren. So oh, okay. there, there you are. So we, well, we have, I've seen Van Buren. Uh, it's a beautiful town, and 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 uh, uh, and my wife has family buried in Fort Smith, even though she is from Miami. Okay. That's that's her home where she was raised. So, uh, are mostly raised. So you know, you're always close to somebody you know, no matter where you travel. Yeah. We've sure learned that. Yeah. Um, what well, you're talking about the this new Spanish work in Arkansas, and. Early on, we said you're, you're, you're kind of wearing two hats. You're, yes. You're student, director of student services here at the college. Now, tell us about what you're doing in Arkansas and why you know more about this than, than I had any idea of. So. Right. Well, uh, when we were coming back from, uh, from Spain and coming back to work at Mid-South Christian College, Lynn Cook uh, 
sent me an email. He said, uh, hey, John, I've heard about you. Uh, I've heard that you work in Hispanic uh, ministry. You're coming back uh, from Spain to the area. Uh, we have a desire and we have a commitment to start Hispanic churches in Arkansas connected with Arkansas Church Planting Network. Uh, he says, I don't, he says, you know, I don't speak Spanish. I don't know anything about Hispanic church planting. Would you help us? I think he was actually trying to recruit me to come and be a Hispanic church planter at that time. And I said, well, I can't do that, but I could help, uh, help you get it started and help find uh, church planters. He said, well, yeah, you could do kind of like what I do. And so what he does is he recruits church planters helps them get trained and uh, get placed into where they're going to start the church. And Arkansas Church Planning Network has started 10 churches in Arkansas over the past 10 years. That's so amazing to me. Yeah. I, I did not know that until you told me that at lunch yeah. today, and that's my home state. Yeah. yeah. So they have a good track record uh, uh, of doing that. And, and so uh, I said, I would love to do that. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my second hat that I put on from time to time. Um and so my role is to do that very thing, to recruit church planters, to train them, and to help get them placed with partnerships that will lead to uh, independent Christian churches, Hispanic Christian churches being started in different places in Arkansas. And also, you know, we'll probably come back to Memphis to start another church or two here. Uh, but our our goal and our desire would be to uh, also duplicate what the English-speaking churches have done and within the next 10 years plant 10 uh, Hispanic churches uh, in Arkansas or in the Mid-South area. Wow. So That's a big goal. It is. <laughs> it's a very big goal. It's a God-sized goal, and uh, only God can do it. I can right. do it, especially working only part-time because I, my full-time job is here at the college. So... Uh, but God has put together some amazing partnerships already. Uh, the church, that, the Hispanic church, um, and Little Rock has been going for, we started in January. Um, they did their, they called it a soft launch, you know, where they started their groups and started meeting on Sundays in January. And then they did their grand opening in, in April. And they're running regularly between 40 and 50 people. And they've had 70 different people attend church, you know, from time to time. Wow. They're meeting at the Little Rock Church on Baseline Road. Uh, and uh, Which is a nice church to visit if you want to go to an English service. It is. It, it is a good church to visit. And, uh, and but, yeah, Spanish service meets like, I think, 1, 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the afternoon. And doing really well. David Mejia is the minister, and uh, he's bilingual, and he's been able to to do uh, a good job there. They're just getting started, really, but they're doing really well. So that church is already going. One of our graduates who graduated here at Mid South last year, Luis Coro, mm -hmm. is uh, he's doing a one year internship with David there in the Hispanic Church in Little Rock. And then he's already slated to uh, to start the <clears throat> the Hispanic Church in Fort Smith. So you know that's on the way, and we've got another project ready to go up in uh, Springdale with another one of our graduates from Chile, uh, Miguel Cancino, and the Prairie Grove Christian Church uh, up in that area is going to sponsor uh, Miguel and his wife Lisette <clears throat> for a new church plant to start up there uh, also next year. So. Yeah, we've been at it for a couple of years, and so within three years, we should have three churches at least started. <coughs> that is really good. So we're on track. You're on track. Well, um, let me ask you, over the years, what are some of your uh, <laughs> greatest joys in, in mission work? Because mostly you've been mission. We did some <laughs> preaching in the States. Mostly it's mission. So let's ask for some of the greatest joys of mission. Uh, really, I've already shared a little bit about, but just seeing young people who have been able to kind of catch the vision, who have become Christians and become trained, and we've placed them in ministry, and to see them continue uh, the ministry. 
And there's one guy named Daniel from Uruguay. When we first met him, he was coming to our churches, and I play guitar. And he would take my guitar, and he would start playing my guitar. I was afraid he was going to break it. Because <laughs> <clears throat> he was rough with the guitar, and he, he did break strings from time to time, but he really wanted to learn guitar. So I said, okay, Daniel, you come an hour before church starts, and I'll start giving you lessons so that you know how to play my guitar, <laughs> so that you won't break it. He learned to play guitar. He became the worship leader for that church in Uruguay, and he's also become a minister, an elder in that church. He wow. preaches. So that, and he, you know, he has a family now, and all his family go to church. And those are the kind of joys that, <clears throat> just to see generational growth, you know, to see people that we were able to reach as young people who now have their families and their, their families are coming to church and they're reaching others for Christ. And to see that kind of generational growth is just a, a joy, a, a tremendous joy for us. I had a, one of the great joys I had my last Sunday in local ministry before I began this ministry. Uh, my baptism, a baptism I had on that day was a, a man from Mexico uh, who uh, had a lot of connections with Christian church down there, but he was attending our church. I, I visited last year for the anniversary of that church in Tennessee, and he and his family are very active there. It's, it's now 18 years later, and uh, he is still there, active in the church. We had a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking people who attended our church from time to time in Lexington, and we did not have a Spanish service, and they were fine with that. We asked them. We were uh, Tried it, but they said no. We want to do the English service, mm -hmm. and that was fine. You know, we right. we wanted to accommodate and and right. and and reach. And it was amazing how uh, some who did not speak English understood what I was saying. Mm. And and on several occasions, we had people come forward at invitation time to accept Christ and be baptized, mm. and. They didn't speak English. I didn't speak Spanish, but we knew what they were doing. Yeah. And I had written down the confession so I could do that in Spanish. Okay. And then uh, my associate would go back behind the baptistry with me, and he would he would quote what I needed to say when I baptized him. But uh, anyway, uh, that, those are just some of the joys to mm -hmm. see the people that are still there. Yeah. And uh, English or Spanish, but right, I just right, I had that because you've talked so much about that. So. Difficulties, some of the greatest difficulty. Because we don't want to paint everything as just beautiful because mm. we have difficulties as anybody does in any area of life that they live. Yeah, I, I would uh, the difficulties have been, uh, as we've always worked in teams, uh, you know, whenever there's conflict among the team, yeah, and there is <laughs> always going to be, yeah, and there's always going to be. I mean, that that's we we've, we've lived through some difficult conflicts, and, and and those are obviously the hardest things that that you have to deal with, and uh, and and sometimes sometimes they've just been very hard. You know, you become friends with the people that you're on a team with, and, and then you you come to the point where you there's a disagreement, and you know, missionaries are. In order to get to the mission field, you have to be uh, a little bit hard-headed. You have to be a strong-willed person even just to get there. Yes. So, and you're put on a team and, and to put, you know, four strong-willed people together, planning things and working things together. It's not always that easy. Right. And so it creates some kind of natural conflicts. And so any times that we've had conflicts on, on the teams, that they've been difficult. Um Thank God we haven't had anything that's, you know, been devastating. But but they are difficult, no, no doubt about it. They are difficult, and they take time to work through, and they take time to, to uh, you know, just kind of make sure that everyone gets through it okay and the work continues. Right. The most important thing is that the work continues and goes forward. Right. And, and that's been true in, 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 in every, all of our circumstances, so. If, if it wasn't for people, everybody would be a missionary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a preacher or anything right, else right, like right, that. Right, right. So um, I've been asking this question when I have time, and I have a, a little bit of time today. And, and uh, it, what, do you, what do you believe to be the greatest challenges facing, uh, I always say three parts. I'm going to give it to you in four parts. Facing the church, individual Christians, 
or ministry slash missions going forward from today in, in your view? And I've got all kinds of views and, mm-hmm. and I've learned a lot from this question. Well, I, I think that right now, uh, after having gone through um, COVID pandemic and difficulties in, in, in churches, both financially and, and just, you know, numbers of people coming. Uh, for missions, the challenge is one of the first things that gets cut from a budget is the missions, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Right. Um, and I was on the receiving end of that at one point uh, several years ago. And, and uh, it's just hard, and it's a challenge that the missions movement that we've been a part of where churches in the United States have sent out missionaries and have funded missions for such a long time. You know, in some cases that's beginning to decrease somewhat. Now, not everywhere. Right. And a lot of churches are continuing their and even growing in their mission support. And so that's all very good, but it's a challenge. It's a challenge because uh, small churches, churches that may be very faithful, as they numbers dwindle and their offerings dwindle, then it's a challenge to maintain uh, that generous uh, missionary support. And really, missionary support needs to change a little bit also because of something that you brought up, that uh, even the churches that we have planted, there are resources in those churches uh, there are missionary candidates in those churches. Yes. You know, but they lack the funding because they're, they're in a different culture. So that, that's a challenge, I think, for, for mission work is, is are we going to be able to continue the type of missionary effort that we have had? Maybe we need to rethink some things. Uh, and, you know, a third world missionary, like, for example, one of the most effective missionaries in our organization in Spain is from Venezuela. He's he's a Venezuelan Christian. He became a Christian in Venezuela. His wife is Venezuelan. You know, he was trained as a missionary there, recruited, and sent out by Venezuelan churches. But he also has now American churches that are helping to support him. Um, but maybe some of the realities are we have missionary candidates that may not be Americans. You know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And so it may be something that we need to rethink is, okay, how do American churches partner with Venezuelans or others who are are Christians and who are faithful and able to go and be missionaries? I've Uh, never thought of that. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's a challenge. It is something that has happened and is happening, but it it kind of, it's different from our thinking. Our, our, American thinking is, okay, we're going to find an American missionary, send them to Spain, Uruguay, wherever. And that's been the way we've done it. Uh, but at this point in our in the way things are, it might be time to rethink that a little bit. In some countries that might be open to missionaries, might not be open to American missionaries. Exactly. Right. As a matter of fact, we have missions in North Africa that are also, uh, you know, very Muslim, very anti-American. Right. Uh, and, but there's a Venezuelan missionary who's working in one of those countries. He's been very effective. And he'll be able to stay there when all the missionaries, when the, the American missionaries are kicked out, which happens from time to time. Sure. <laughs> you know, but he'll be able to stay there and be able to be effective. Uh, and so, yeah, this, this is just something that we need to, it's a challenge because it's easier for an American church to support an American missionary. Right. It's a little harder to even to find some of those people or to know them, and just the logistics are different. But and and I just being an American, I have to say the American church looks for the easy road. Yeah. So often we do, and let's just be honest about it. How do you have any suggestions, uh, or is it, or, or have we just got you a third hat? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I'm good with the. About, I've already got three. About, <laughs> well, okay. All right. But uh, uh, yeah, I. Uh, no, I, I'm always encouraging uh, uh, 
mobilizing people to be involved in missions. And, and really, you know, once we were able to recruit this Venezuelan missionary and get him started over there, he went on a very low budget. We were able to find American churches that were willing to support him. And part of the support that I was earning as a missionary in Spain, and when I came back, I said, hey, we need to use part of this support to support Gabo and, and, and Barbara and our church there at uh, Oak Lane Christian Church. They're doing that. So uh, I know that uh, it, it is happening, but it's not the typical thing. Right. Well, that's insightful. That's something that I've not heard. And I think we need to we need to be considering that. I hope our listeners will consider that. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody listening to this, uh, maybe the Spirit will use to, to spark them to come up with an idea on how we can begin to do this type of network and we need yeah. to do. Yeah. Very good idea. I appreciate that. Anything else you want to add today? I don't think so. I need to kind of get ready for my class, prepare <laughs> my class. But uh, it's been great to chat with you, uh, Tom, and also to have you in, in our chapel. And uh, it's great to be a part of, uh, I'm glad we can partner, Mid-South Christian College and Rock Solid can partner together. Yeah, I am too. And, and uh, I want to thank you for not only doing this podcast today, and, but also invite me to, do, to speak in chapel which I really enjoy. It's been a while since I've been in chapel here, and uh, I really appreciate that. I'll invite you back every year. Oh, uh, no, I'm in charge, so you just okay. have a yearless... Uh, well, look at my schedule, <laughs> and, 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 and if, you can, if you can find a spot, I'll, I will come back anytime you ask that, that I possibly can. Um, our listeners, I, I hope if this, has been, um, if this has been a good podcast for you, this has been good for you, and uh, maybe you've learned some things that you didn't know, uh, maybe just been encouraged in some area of your ministry. I hope you'll use this podcast, share it with your friends and coworkers in Christ, and um, be with us next time when we have another guest that will share their life with us. And until then, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain. <laughs>